Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 28. Uh, should be on the screens for you as well. And the Bible says, For it will be like a man, referring to the kingdom, going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Everybody say, his property. property. To one he gave five talents, another two, another one, to each according to his ability. And the Bible goes on and says, Then he went away. Everybody say, away. away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of the servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done. Everybody say, Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also had uh, the two talents came forward saying, Master, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done. One more time, say, Well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had received one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow. And gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money. Everybody say invested. Invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And on your way to your seat, just look at your neighbor. Tell him, get in the fight. Come on, tell him, get in the fight. You know, as we're talking about Fight Club, I shared with you that God's heart, even as we prepare for this new year, is that we get to a place where we are winning holistically. God doesn't want you to be uh, winning in your finances, but losing in your marriage. Come on, somebody. And I shared with you that 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23, Bible encourages us that God desires for us to have holistic uh, prosperity and to be sanctified or developed and built holistically everybody say holistically first thessalonians 5 23 and uh and holatales is the word there where he says that god he wishes paul says he wishes that we would be sanctified or developed or built holistically or entirely uh and god's desire for us as i shared with you last week the heart is that we have life he says he said that he might come he came jesus says in john 10 10 that we would have life and that more abundantly everybody say abundantly and so his desire is for us to experience the abundant life to be able to be to a place where we're experiencing uh, experiencing abundance holistically it's not limited when usually when people hear about prosperity they limit it to finances and many of us it's justifiable your thought process because especially in a church context a lot of times all you will hear about is prosperity in the area of finances however we believe that it's, uh, it, it doesn't exclude finances, but it lim- it's also extends towards uh, the entirety of our life. And I shared with you and I declared this over you because I believe that the Lord has given me this word and he's put on my heart uh, just prophetically to declare it over your, your year. And the Lord shared with me as I told you, impressed on my heart that those who would listen, would have an ear and would listen and not just listen, but would put to practice the things that you're hearing over the next few weeks, 
that here it is. These are the three things specifically. God says, no more catch up. And I heard you, you know, and I heard and I, and, I, and I shared that, you know, I just saw that there are many of you, it's like wheels are spinning. You're putting and exerting a lot of energy, but not going anywhere. Like wheels on ice. And God says, if you put these things to practice, that you're going to start to gain traction in your life. That's good news to somebody right here. You got to come here with expectation. We're not, we're not coming out here just for the sake of saying we showed up to church, but I believe there's breakthrough in the house today. And I believe that God wants to take us to the next level. And not only this, but I heard specifically that God says the drain is going to be plugged. And I'm believing that for some of you that it seems like there's a hole in your bucket. And every time you get, it just goes out. And God desires in your marriage, in your mind, in your health, in all of these areas for you to be holistically prospering. So I want to jump in today. And, you know, we've been talking about fighting. Last week I told you that God's desire is not for us to be in a passive, to live in a passive manner. But we're supposed to raise up. Somebody say raise up. Raise up, uh, raise up man. When the devil shows up, you got to raise up. I told you that we got to fight with the word. And that we got to be individuals that don't just lay back and let him run roughshod. But we got to be people that get on the offense. Get off the fence and get on the offense. And so in this mind, next week we're talking about uh, your mind and we're talking about breaking addiction and all of that. It's going to be powerful. But today I especially want to talk about this. Watch this. I want to talk about fighting for your finances. Somebody say fighting for my finances. I want to talk about fighting for your finances, getting on the offense as it pertains to your financial health. The fact, the fact of the matter is that many of you, you think that God's desire for your life is for you to be in a place of being broke and having lack. And this may have been the example and the pattern that was set for you. But how many of you know and truly believe that the abundance that God died for us to have is not just about the hereafter in the afterlife, but God desires for us to be in a strong financial position right now come on if you believe it you ought to give God praise if you believe it in this moment so look I remember man I, when I started out I'm, I've been on my own since I was 17 years old I went to uh, went to college and my wife and I actually met up in the states uh, and went out there and it was you know it was an interesting experience because I've never been on my own and, you know, growing up, I had no knowledge whatsoever, no financial literacy. I had no financial education. You know, I just thought, I, I thought money grew on trees, really. You know, like many of you were just, I was just completely oblivious to where money came from, how to manage money, how to spend money, how to budget money. And I'll never forget, man, I got to the place, you know, where I got my first credit card. And I, I, I was like, you just sent me money? For, like for free I didn't have to do anything and I just got this credit card in the mail and it came and I'll never forget it was $500 and I felt so cool that this $500 I'm like man this is the best thing ever you know I didn't know anything about no interest come on somebody and so I'm like I got $500 cash I'm just about to go off and so I at that point in time I was you know I was preparing to um preparing to build a studio in my in the house where I was at you know I actually had just a, a one bedroom in an apartment I actually was living with the guy that you're about to meet next week and uh, so we were roommates and in my room I was setting up a little studio and so I'll never forget I took that credit card and I went up the street to the music store and I went off I was like yep computer charge it I was like, uh, soundboard, charge it. I was just going off. Like, I went off, and I, my, my room was stacked. I felt like Timberland up in there or something. Like, we were about to produce million-dollar beats for real. It was, that was just the vibe that I had in that season, right? So the crazy thing is, I had no clue about interest. I had no clue about that 25% interest rate that was on that card. And that although the purchases that I were making had a bottom line that if I didn't pay them off in a certain time, come on somebody, that interest, this is, this is actually news to some of you too right now. And you're wondering, I just, I just letting you know, that's why they keep calling your house, you know, in case you were wondering. Uh, but there's interest. And then when you're late, not only do you have interest, uh, but then there's also late fees. And so that, those $50 pairs of, pair of shoes that you got end up costing you $500. 
because you keep putting it off and oh man i gotta rob peter to pay paul and i gotta do this and i gotta do that and we and I, for me i just ne- i couldn't understand why on earth i could never get ahead why i could never pay my bills why the man them were always calling down my house and i had to ignore bare phone calls y'all don't know nothing about that and this is nothing that a you know that uh, at that time i was 18 years old there's nothing that an 18 year old should be thinking about and the devil often will get us from this young age fam so that this sets the trend and the pattern who can i be real this morning for the rest of our life and the way that we spend and all of this sorts of stuff and so you know the fact is man at some point i met my wife and you know when i met my wife that was like saving grace she showed up and she liked me and she loved me and eventually when we got to the place where she started looking into my stuff and she's like what on earth are you doing fam now mind you i came from a background where we don't talk about no money boy you ain't paying the bills don't ask me about my money that was the type of the 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 discourse that was around uh my the finances in my context right uh however you know my wife on the other hand her dad is focused on money. Her grandparents are focused on finances and management. I never met anybody. Like up to today, her granddad still blesses uh, not only my wife, but also children's children. And in fact, I think is it children's children's children now? Now even children's children's children. I've never seen this in my life. We can actually celebrate that. That's some good stuff because aren't that many examples of that stuff? And I'm like, what is that? I don't even know what that means, you know, when I met her. And so she challenged me. She's like, you got to get out of debt, fam. This is how this works. This is how this works. You can't spend credit like cash. It doesn't work that way. And she quickly helped me to be able to, uh, to fill up, fill up that, that hole of debt. And we were able to move forward by God's grace. And we got married above the ground. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and so the... So this is something that's, that's really imperative because when I look back, I'm like, you know, when I think about it, I literally was on track to perpetuate uh, poverty and financial bondage in my bloodline. But all it took was an interaction. I just want to wake somebody up today. <laughs> took some interaction with some education that got me to the place where I realized, you know what? I don't have to be broke. I don't have to be impoverished. I don't have to. And watch this. My whole, everyone connected, me doesn't have, connected to me doesn't have to either. And so I showed up today because there are many of you that you are on the offense here. Me, I mean, you're on the defense and you're in a position where, watch this, you're just allowing life to happen to you instead of you happening to life. And you're in a place where the debt collectors are running your life and you're in a position where you're like, what in the world? Where is up from here? And I'm here to tell you that you, instead of rolling over and dying, that there is still hope for you today and that God has breakthrough with your name on it. Come on. And the generations, somebody that believes it, the generations after you can be blessed because of your decision. And then there's some of you who are like, oh, I already got my money together. Well, God is even calling you higher. Don't get prideful and think that this is, it's this far and no more. Are you with me? And the fact is that, watch this, man. You know, the reason why many of us walk in a place of poverty, hear me, is because of a poverty mindset. Everybody say a poverty mindset. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think about, the way that you think about finances, the way that you think about money, it determines. Some of y'all have already tuned me out, but I call you back in, man. Because I'm tired of seeing people broke. I'm tired of seeing people in bondage in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. And no, this ain't one of those churches that's going to promise you you're going to be a millionaire by tomorrow if you jump up and down seven times and turn around. But I believe that as we read that God has called us to be good stewards of our finances. And if we get on the offense, not only will our lives be blessed, but everything attached to us is going to be blessed too. If you believe it, you ought to give the Lord praise. So it's a poverty mindset. It's a poverty mindset. There are many of us that are out here spending credit like cash, spending credit like cash and no attention to interest, you know, uh, no budget. If somebody asks you, can you afford it? Of course I can afford it. And you've not even put thought towards how much you owe elsewhere and way, the way that your budget is. Not only this, you know, we don't even think. Well, the Bible talks about how, you heard me say this often, that a good man or woman leaves an inheritance for his children's children. 
You hear these sorts of things and you're like, oh, that can't be me. And you immediately, you know, and, and so you're, many of us, we're giving now and we're spending now rather, not thinking about the future. And so this is a poverty mindset, just thinking about now, what I can wear now, what I can have now, as opposed to also thinking in a godly fashion about what's to come and who's ahead of me. Are you with me this morning? Look, see some of us, watch this, there's some of you, this poverty mindset says, I don't deserve more. I don't deserve more, you know, because of the, the errors that I've made with my finances previously or because of the things that have happened. So I don't deserve any more than where I have. Or watch this, only a certain race of people deserves to be wealthy. Oh, can I keep it real today? So because of my skin color or because of where I come from, I don't deserve to have finances or only this type of person has finances. I don't know if I'm coming down your road, but I just want to deal with this. Can I teach a little bit today? Look, 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 watch this. Some of y'all, you think you need to have a college degree to be wealthy or to succeed. Yo, it's YouTubers that are almost as rich as Bill Gates out here today. Because all you got to do is find something that adds worth and value to other people. And if you can get to the place where you monetize it, your life can be entirely changed. And if your mama told you to go to school, stay in school. But I'm telling you, man, you got to get to the place and see, we have to understand that our mindset needs to shift. Listen, man, I literally, watch this, this is so crazy. When I realized this, I have now, and I've shared with you guys my journey with my Gabri comedy stuff, right? And this, some of y'all, you think I'm just dressing up like a grandmother in a bathrobe and a shower cap and, you know, as we would say in Barbados, walking up and all that stuff, just for the heck of it or to look crazy. Nah, fam, this is business. I just got, watch this, this is crazy. I now have over 14,000 followers in less than two years on Instagram, and I just got nominated for the best social media personality in Barbados. Look, when I saw the email, I was like, what in the world? I haven't been to Barbados since I was 12 years old. But because God put something inside of me to bring some joy and laughter because laughter is medicine to people. Come on, somebody. God's opening opportunities and influence and it has nothing to do with a degree. doesn't have to do with my car. Oh, Y'all don't want to be real with me today. I'm telling you, I believe that there's business and there's wealth that's locked up in some of you today and God has it for you beyond your imagination if you would just tap into it and change your mind. Somebody say, I got to change my mind. You know, I was just telling you, man, I'm not trying to, you know, it's poverty patterns also. And I got to share this. I got to move on. Poverty patterns, you know, generational mismanagement of funds. For many of us, it's because of how our grandparents manage funds. And this thing is perpetuated. What's tolerated is perpetuated. And we continue to pass this on from generation to generation. You know, uh, we don't have generational wealth. You know, why can't you come into money? Why can't your kids come into money? Why can't your kids show up to you and be like, dad, I want a down payment for a house or I see this house and you'd be like, okay, I got you. Let me set you up with this appreciative asset. Here it is. Boom. Let me help you get this thing so that you can have some sort of real estate to be able to move forward. Why can't you be and I be in the position to do that? Am I talking good to somebody today? You know, and so we don't have the examples of this. We don't have, I want my kids to have examples of people in their midst who are managing their finances. And it's these poverty patterns that we have that hinder us. Look, man, I'm telling you, I used to hear, like I said, don't ask me about my money until you start paying bills. But my kids, I'm teaching them, we're teaching them about wealth management from right now with their video games. You know that when you go to the We Got Games store, I love that because it's retro games, the Super Nintendo box, you can buy a Super Nintendo box for $200. Somebody say the box just the box that's more than what the system costed when i bought it just the box and so the idea is the boxes that are in good condition i'm teaching them they have video games they got it you heard noah talk about he has an xbox one day one and all of this and whatever and the box is special and all this i told him i said if you you need to learn to manage what you have and the the things that you have especially if they can appreciate in value you take care of them come on somebody because this is going to, the, the regular Super Nintendo controllers are like $50, $60, even if they're not working 100%. That's from the 90s. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
And so these things hold value or appreciate, and we're teaching our kids from young age to be able to understand, have a mindset, to break out of this poverty mindset. What you have and who you are, you can trade these things and have multiple streams of increase so that you're starting now. If we get children's minds from now, they can manage these funds and be able in a kingdom fashion, I'm getting ready to talk about, to be able to create and perpetuate generational wealth. Are you hearing me today? I want to just awake some, awaken something in somebody. Serve God, serve all, inspire others. That's our heart. So look, I want you to understand this, man. This is another one of the reasons. We need to stop reading poverty as God's will into scripture. This is what we do. This is what we do. Jesus said, uh, and we take the scriptures, of course, out of context. Make sure you're at winter school because I'm going to be talking to you about scripture in context. Matthew 26, verse 11, Mark chapter 14, verse 7, Jesus says, the poor you will have with you always. And he's saying, you can always help them, but I'm only going to be here. This is the context. I'm only going to be here for a short period of time. And so it has nothing to do with God's will and his desire for us to be poor. But you know what we do? We literally take this scripture and we walk around and we're like, see, the poor you'll have with you always. So God wants you to be poor. And we got to get to the place, like I told you about last week, God went to a lot of trouble to get us this Bible, and you better make sure that you don't let no jack leg preacher get up in here and tell you, come on, that God wants you to be up to a place where you are broke and walking around, and you're going to be more like Jesus if you can't afford to pay your bills. Who am I talking to on this morning? Stop misinterpreting scripture and shift your perspective. Stop reading that God's desire for us is poverty when he clearly says he wants us to have an abundant life. Are you with me? Just because someone's poor doesn't mean God wants them to stay that way. First of all, you're supposed to help them. And aside from that, his desire is that wherever we are, that we can get to a place where we have enough to not only bless our lives, but bless those in our circle of influence. Are you with me? And so not only this, there's good news. Somebody shout, good news. I feel excited about this stuff because I believe some chains are coming off today. There is good news. Watch this. You don't have to repeat or perpetuate the financial errors of generations past. You don't have to. Look at somebody. Tell them you don't have to. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You, you actually have a choice. Some of you think it's your lot in life. Oh, you know, my family, this is just the way to know. You do not have to do it. You have a choice and you can do something different. Watch this. And here, hear this. Here's this. Because I believe, watch this. I believe God is getting ready to plug the drain. That's why I told you in some of your lives. Watch this. You can start now and with exactly what you have right now. Oh, oh that's some good news. That's some, that's some good news. Somebody ought to be more excited about it than that. If you believe it, I believe it. I believe for those who hear this thing and take this. You can start with what you have right now. And God can turn this thing around. I know even, and I'm grateful he taught me that lesson at 18, child. I'm glad he taught me that at 18 and I didn't have to learn it later down the line. But even for those of you who are where you are, God can turn it around. Just think about this. So I want to paint the picture. The next few minutes that I have here is that let's, let's look back at the beginning. God creates Adam and Eve. Everybody say Adam and Eve. And he gives them, after he places them in the garden, he gives them their assignment. And their assignment, as he says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 and 29, after he creates them in his own image, after his likeness, he says, be fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. And multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. The first assignment that mankind has is to be fruitful and multiply. Now watch this. Here's the thing. We usually apply this to exclusively to what? Kids. We usually apply this to children. And so the fact is that we usually think of this only as it pertains to kids. But no, he says, be fruitful and multiply, replenish, subdue the earth. He's not just talking about children, but he's talking about whatever he has put under your hands. Come on, somebody. Whatever he's put in your hands, the responsibility that we have is to multiply it. And so it's not just babies. And not only this, as we just read in our passage for today, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 29, God's desire is for his servants to multiply what he's given us. So not only at the beginning of time, because sin has come in the picture and all sorts of crazy stuff has happened, but later down the line, he tells his servants, he, this picture that we looked at was a picture of a king, and he left his servants some, uh, some resources, 
And he says, what I want you to do is I'm getting ready to go away. And when I, want, when I go away, I want you to invest or do business with this, multiply these things until I return. And when Jesus returns, his idea and his, his thought process is he wants to know what did you do with what it was that I put in your hands. It doesn't matter what the other person did. Come on, somebody. God is not going to deal with you based upon what somebody else had. Because some of y'all showed up this morning and you're like, but look at what Joe Smo and Jane Doe, what they had. Come on, somebody. If I just had what they had, then Jesus, I would have done better. If I had more money in this area, then I would be better. I'd do better and all of this sorts of stuff. When in actuality, God has given you what he's given you. Come on. And you have the capability by his grace to take whatever is in your hand. Come on, Adam and Eve, to be able to take that thing right where you are and do what he wants you to do with it and grow that thing beyond your anybody believe it on this morning you can take it whatever you've been given as God's not dealing with you on behalf of someone else there's no he says be fruitful and then multiply how do you multiply stuff you plant seed notice this if I had a fruit up here uh, if I had a fruit up here and you were in a position where you had the fruit the whole idea is many of us our focus is that we just want to eat the fruit but in actuality, you're not, and, and many of us, we eat the fruit and we throw away the seed. When in actuality, he says, be fruitful and multiply. Somebody say multiply. multiply. The only way that I'm multiplying is if I take that seed and I replant it. The seed, many of us, we think is just to spit out. But no, the seed literally has the potential for you to multiply and carry out your assignment that God has given you in the earth. Who's with me on today? And so the fact of the matter is that his desire is for us to be fruitful and to multiply and to be able to replenish, to take what he's given us and to be able to go to the next level. I love this, man. There's a scripture. There's a scripture. And, and actually, let me say this. So the fruit that you have right now, where is the seed located in it right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you just enjoying right now? As opposed to investigating where the seed is right now. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it in your life? Where is there potential for multiplication in your life, but you're not enjoying it because you're just eating the fruit and throwing away the seeds? Woo, man, this is, I, I don't know, this stuff, this, 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 this is empowerment. Come on. See, some of you, this is not shouting stuff. I, if I was you, I'd be taking laps around here because this is, this is some breakthrough stuff right here. So look, when you hear this, when you hear this about leaving an inheritance for your children's children, or you hear about wealth, and you hear about all this stuff that I'm talking about and management of your finances, many of you, you're like, man, you don't know how many bills I got. Nobody knows the trouble I see. And many of us, when the debt comes or when, based on where we're at, you're starting to trip and you're like, man, I got to do a whole bunch of stuff in order. I got to start working. I got to start tripping. What it, you, we immediately go into stress mode. Some of you right now, you're like, how am I going to leave an inheritance for my children's children? This don't make sense. I, I can't do that with where I'm at right now. My finances don't look the same. I got more month than money. How am I supposed to do this? And that's why I'm telling you, instead of tripping, watch this. I want to tell you five quick things in regards to how it is that you can turn this thing around because I'm, I'm experiencing it in my life and I want you to experience it as well too. Can we get on the come up together? Yeah. Come on, fam. Anybody just, just believe in it today that, that greatness is ahead of you? Come on. I'm fighting for my future and I'm fighting for my finances along with here we go so look watch this watch this uh, i want to give you point number one can i give you point number one yeah. it'll be on the screens for you watch this because we're talking about divine prosperity divine prosperity is attached to your release not your retention here it is here it is here it is let me say it again divine prosperity is attached to your release not your retention many of us yes see, now now we must have savings we must have emergency fund. I told you something went wrong with my car. I got the money right now. I can just go right now if I need it and it's there. You hear me talking about going to India. I needed to go on a trip to India. The money is there right now. I literally can go because I have because of the, the savings and the emergency funds and the things that we have that is saved up to be able to handle the various things that we have and the needs. So yes, savings is great, but what you have to save should be a consequence of your generosity, not your hoarding. Because, oh my, 
What you have should be a consequence of your generosity, not your hoarding. There are many of you, this is why I'm talking about saving, you know, and it being about our release and not our retention. Many of you think that the way that God desires for you to go higher is by you just getting what you can and hoarding it and saving it and saving it and saving it and putting it in some sort of a container and keeping it there and not doing anything with it. It has to be currency. Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me today. God's desire for us is to make sure, watch this, we are, the, 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 the deliverance and the breakthrough is attached to our generosity. And this is why the Bible declares, I'm going to read these things real quick because I don't have much time, but I want you to get this. Are you still with me today? Is this helping anybody? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and onward says, the point is this, whoever sows, you might hear me talk about this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully, everybody say bountifully, will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not because I tell you to, not reluctantly or grudgingly or under compulsion. It says, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9, verse 6 through 10. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency, watch this, God doesn't want you to be an NSF. God wants you to have all sufficiency. Watch this, so you can have all sufficiency in all things at all times. So that you may, see this is in the Bible too. That you may abound in every good work. As it's written, he, is dis, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He, watch this, speaking of God, who supplies or gives seed to the sower. God gives seed to those who sow. Those who are those who sow or plant, God gives seed. Are you seeing it? And he says, and bread for food will supply, and here's the word, multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So generosity, watch this. This is when we're talking about breaking these things. Divine prosperity is attached to your release and not your attention. Watch this. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. The reason why a lot of us don't have increase in our life is because God can't get it through you. Because when God gets it to you, you take it, you hoard it, you hide it, and you don't give it. Oh, can I come down your road today? Number two, can I go on? Oh, and in fact, let me, let me tell you, when I'm talking about how, uh, how it is that you, you can start where you are, Jesus takes a little boy uh, in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14, he takes a little boy's happy meal, write it down, and, and, and check it out later. He has five loaves and two fish. And Jesus takes his five loaves and two fish because he puts it in the hand of the master. He multiplies it to feed 5,000 people. When I told you about my sister and the breakthrough that happened in her life, it's because she was consistently putting what she had in the hands of the master. And although, watch this, it couldn't meet the need that she had, she realized that that seed had the potential to be able to break the yoke of the debt that was over her life. And I'm believing that there's somebody in here today who's hearing what I'm saying and God wants you to expect uh, to experience his prosperity and victory and you might be saying what I have doesn't meet my need but I dare you to put it in his hands I dare you to keep putting it in his hands I dare you to keep on going when the devil tells you no you should just keep that thing because how in the world are you going and watch God blow your mind somebody that believes it give the Lord praise number two I gotta move number two Divine prosperity, here it is. Divine prosperity comes through kingdom prioritization, not human exertion. Kingdom prioritization, not human exertion. So here, watch this. You know, the fact of the matter is, what I'm sharing with you, this is not about a get-rich-quick scheme. This is not about, I'm not telling you 10 steps to get your mansion. Uh, you might have one down the line. Praise the Lord. That would be fantastic. Invite me over for tea. I'll come. You know, but nonetheless, that's not what it's about. I'm talking about prioritizing and what happens, the benefits when you prioritize Jesus and his kingdom in your life. Because some of you are like, I give and, and I put stuff out there, but is Jesus a priority in your life? This is why, look, these are principles all throughout scripture. Somebody say principles. Are you still with me? Proverbs, the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs is after the book of Psalms uh, in the middle of scripture. Proverbs chapter 3 
and I, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with what you have. Many of you are wealthy and you don't even realize it. Somebody say, I am wealthy right now. I'm telling you, if you look around, fam, there are things and there are people in your life that make you wealthy. Sometimes your wealth is attached to the knowledge that somebody has to share with you. Some of you, you are one conversation away from a financial breakthrough. Oh my, I've sat in rooms with people that were greater than where I was and those conversations literally shifted the paradigm of my entire life. And my financial status, I wanna encourage you guys around this. And so it's about kingdom prioritization. Honoring the Lord, watch this, he says with the first fruits, everybody say first fruits. The first fruits of all of your produce. We usually sometimes will put Jesus on the back burner, but he says with the first fruits of your produce, he says, then your barns will be filled with plenty. Everybody say plenty. And your vats will be bursting with wine. In other words, abundance. And he's saying, so when you, when you prioritize Jesus, when you give to God from the first fruits, not taking care, putting Jesus in the place that he belongs, that this is where this happens. This is why Matthew 6.33, Matthew 6.33, what verse did I say? Jesus says, seek first. There it is. Here it is. This, this is why a lot of you are, are still not experiencing what you want to experience because you're seeking him fifth. And so you might have a lot, but you can't hang on to it. Why? Because you're seeking Jesus 23rd. Says, seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 3, 6, 23, and his righteousness and all these things. And in the context, if you go read the chapter, all these things talking about material stuff that you and I have need of. Says, all these things will be added on to you. Means if it's added, it means I didn't have it before. So in other words, I can seek him first. If I seek him first with what I have now, everything else I need will be added. Oh, I believe somebody's getting ready to come into a financial breakthrough. You're getting ready to have abundance in things that you never, that you never would have seen before because you start to put Jesus first. And no, Jesus is not a genie in the bottle. That's not the point. But I'm telling you that you and I are to multiply. One more time, say multiply. multiply. And I want to tell you this because, you know, this is, this is the perspective that we have. Not only this, you know, I, I want to tell you there's power because some of you, you don't understand the reason why we give at church and why we bring our finances together and we give. You know, giving to the guy, the homeless guy on the side of the road is important. It's great that you do so. And, you know, it's an expression of the kingdom, but it does not replace giving into the kingdom for the support of the work of the ministry. And there are many of y'all, you're like, yeah, I tithe. I tithe to the guy on the street. That's not what God's commanded you and encouraged you to do. You need to give to the guy at the side of the road. You need to be generous. See, some of y'all don't want to be real with me today. You need to be generous, yes, but the Bible still encourages, not only in the Old Testament, but also in the church, in the New, that we as believers are responsible for the continuation on the support of the work of the ministry. And this is why, write this down, I don't have time, Acts chapter 4, verse 34 through 35, the Bible shows, watch this, everyone bringing their resources together, and the result is that there was no need among them. Because they brought their, their resources together, there was no one who was in need. Man, I believe, I almost want to take an offering right now. Come on. And I take an offering. I bet we can pay off debt in this place today. We can pay off bills today. We can burn mortgages. Y'all don't have faith in this place. Do you believe me today? I believe we can sit. There's some of y'all that are in foreclosure that we can turn it around in the house. If we all, there's power in bringing our resources together. So when you give, it's like that video you saw in India, those children thanking you because of the, the impact that you made. You know, there was a time a few years ago where there was a gentleman that, my, that we found out was living behind a dumpster and he was showing up to our church and he was just coming in the, in the, uh, in the, in the lobby to get warm. And he had, what had happened is he slipped and he broke his leg. And as a result, the apartment that he was living in, he uh, got kicked out of that apartment. And as a result, because of his leg being broken, he also, because he lost his job because he couldn't go into work. And we found out about it. And our church, you guys, somebody say, we did it. 
you guys, you guys decided to pool your resources together. Not only did we get that gentleman off the street, come on somebody, but because of you, we found out he didn't have a bed. We were able to give him a bed. We were able to pay his back rent. So he was able to get back in his, uh, in, in his apartment. Not only this, but there are some of you who had job resources. We were able to equip him to be able to get a full-time job when he had a part-time job after. Come on somebody. And he's still off the street. And I just talked to him not too long ago. Who am I talking to in this place? That's because you and I, we can do great things when we bring our resources together. Are you with me this morning? This is the power. This is why we give. You're not giving for my private jet. You're giving so that we can come together and make impact. Come on, somebody, on those who are in this world and those who are in our circle of influence. Not only this, number three, your seed, here it is, has the power to break cycles and open doors. Your seed has the power to break cycles and open doors. In fact, I want you to confess that over yourself. Say, my seed. Come on, say, my seed has the power to break cycles and open doors. You know, I, I will never forget, man. I mean, the, the, I'll even say this. Just naturally. You know naturally that seeds break cycles? Come on, somebody. Seeds break cycles naturally. That's how babies are produced. Oh, y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? <laughs> Seeds break cycles. There have been cycles of poverty and there are people in your life that are not generous, that have not, pro pro uh, that have not prioritized the kingdom, that have not prioritized. I feel like having church up in here because I believe that you are one seed away. Come on. from Some of you from your breakthrough. You are one seed away from turning the whole, I hear you Holy Ghost, the whole generational pattern and tide of your family can be, can be attached to your seed. Woo! Somebody believes it. You got to just put those hands together and give the Lord praise. There is, listen, I don't even care that I'm over time. I'm going to preach this thing until y'all get it and some generations get turned around. Are y'all still with me? Yes. I remember I had a Maserati watch. I'm telling you about gotten it through. God, if God can get it through you, they'll get to watch. I remember I had a Maserati watch and, I, and, I, and I, I, I felt compelled that I needed to put it in the hand of somebody. I needed to put it in the hand of somebody. And I went to a, a leader, a pastor, and I went and I sold it into this leader. I had a, a Russell Simmons a diamond necklace that I had. And I, and I was like, man, and I felt another time just compelled uh, randomly to go and to put it in the hand of this, of this leader. And I, and, I, and I sold it into his life. And then, you know, from time to time as I was coming up in ministry as I would go to different churches I'd feel compelled you know and I'd be sowing hundreds and hundreds of dollars in all of this in their ministries and and whenever we would go to these events and programs and anniversaries and I would always feel like man you know I, I, I just I wasn't doing it because I wanted but I felt compelled to do it and I didn't realize like recently there have been some crazy things that were happening in my life and they started popping up and God was telling me remember when you sold that Remember what you did for so-and-so? Do you remember when you were sowing in other churches? People look around, they're like, y'all got a building in two years? Are you out of your mind? I know people been looking for buildings for 15 years and still don't have them. And God blessed us the way that he did. And God's like, remember when you were sowing into other people? those radical seeds come on somebody God used those things to open doors the truck that I drive although it's on its way out and I don't care y'all can talk about me as much as you want but I love it because I don't owe nobody nothing for it come on somebody I got that for free somebody somebody through my generous moment called me up and said I feel compelled that you need this truck and I gave it to you for those that don't know the story it's there's so, these shoes that I'm wearing right now these Jordan Spazikes that I have on right now and some others, I did not pay a dollar for these shoes. Watch this. I wanted to pay. I even paid the money and they sent it back. There's stuff in your life that God will cause to come into your life. Come on, somebody that money can't even afford and you're going to try to pay for it. And then God is going to be like, no, remember that seed that you sold when there was somebody that didn't have shoes. Come on. And you sold it into their lives. Not thinking twice about it. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Somebody who believes it ought to give the Lord praise. And not only this, 
Are you with me this morning? You still my friend? Look, here it is, number four. Can I give you number four, two more, and we're out? Then I got a little illustration, and we're done. Divine prosperity comes with divine protection. Here it is. Divine prosperity comes with divine protection. Watch this. The many, when you are prioritizing Jesus, when you are putting Jesus first, when you are in the place where you are trusting God with your finances, you can be in a place where you know and where you understand that there is protection for your finances. In fact, when God was rebuking the Israelites because they had turned away from giving their tithe, somebody say tithe which is required was a tenth of what it was that they had at the time. It was grains and all of these things that they had and whatever. And they turned away from honoring God with giving a tenth of their income. Now, we are not required uh, under the New Testament. God is not requiring any sort of a percentage from us because that's the Old Testament law. However, the law should be a floor for us. The law should be a floor, a starting point. As Jesus said, you read in the Old Testament. Can I just preach it like I feel it? You, you read in the Old Testament, he said, where they said, if a man sleeps with someone that's not his wife, that he's committed adultery. But he says, that's the, that's the floor. But I say, if you lust after a woman in your mind, he raises the standard. Then he goes on and he says, then you have committed the act of adultery. It's the same as if you've committed it. And so the law is the floor and grace takes us to the next level. Somebody say the next level. But look at these principles. Uh, in Matthew chapter, uh, Malachi rather, chapter 3 verse 6 through 10, talking about there being protection, divine protection with prosperity. It says, for I the Lord in verse 6 through 10. Do not char change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob or Israel, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how will we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how, are we, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions or offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. This was what God was saying to them, right? Now watch this, what he says, and I want you to note the principle. I'm not trying to bring condemnation on you. I'm not trying to get you in a place where I'm telling you you're going to be cursed with a curse or any of this sorts of stuff. But I want you to see the principle. He says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. See, it's all throughout scripture that when we honor God and prioritize the kingdom that there's blessing attached. He says, and then watch this in verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer. He's seeing it. I will rebuke or tell the devourer the thing that comes to destroy your crops. I will rebuke it and tell it to get away. He says, I will rebuke the devourer. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Watch this. This is powerful. There is divine protection. I can quote scripture upon scripture of the principle that happens that when God gives it to you, you don't have to worry about a hole in the bucket there, Liza, because when God gives it to you, if he gave it to you, he's going to protect it as well. And even though he gives and takes away, sometimes you're losing stuff, not because God took it away, but you're losing it because you and I are not faithful with what he's put in our hands. That's why Proverbs 10, says, it's the Lord that adds to you wealth and adds no sorrow to it. It's not about you getting stuff, but having sorrow. If God gives it to you, he's giving it to you and he's going to protect you with it. Oh man, I have so much more to say, but my last point here it is. So you're wondering, what do I do with all of this? What do I do with all of this? What do I do with all of this? Start living or live generously to experience God's prosperity. Live generously. You and I, we got to be generous people. We got to be generous people to experience God's prosperity. If you want it, if you want the breakthrough in your life, if you want the breakthrough in the generations that you are experiencing, God desires for you to be in a place 
where you are living generously. You're not going to get it through whining. Come on, somebody. You're not going to get it through complaining about how much you want your situation to change. Are you with me? You're not going to get it about, oh, God, why is it? No, you know how you're going to get it? You and I are going to get it through our generosity. And that is where the breakthrough is in our lives. Thank you so much. And so I want to deal with this really quickly. And I want you to see this. Can everybody see? Here it is. I'm going to show you this. Then we're going, and then I'm going to be out of your way. Watch this. I want you to understand, first of all, uh, here I have some cups and I got some plants. And I want you to get this. Each of these represent you. And they represent your capacity. And the size of your capacity is not determined by you and where you started. But you started, what you started with was based upon what God decided to give you. Remember in the passage in Matthew 25 says that one guy was given uh, five talents, one guy was given 10 talents, and one guy was given one. Stop complaining about what you have and thinking that God doesn't like you because of what you have or don't have. God started you where he started you and he determined your capacity. But not only this, so everybody say capacity. Here it is. Now this jar is representing and the stuff in it, the iced tea that's in it, represents God. As our source, somebody say, he's my source. Now, this is the thing. I cannot limit God, but I can limit my experience with God. Many of you, watch this, you are, you're not limiting God, but you're limiting your experience with him. He has so much for you, but you're not experiencing what he has for you because you are limiting your, experiencing with, your experience with him based upon whether you are generous or not. Are you with me? So here it is. So all of these plants, they represent the various spheres of our life. So watch this. First of all, this represents the kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom. kingdom. And we use this aloe plant because in there there's some healing stuff and all of that in there and it's wonderful. And of course, we got to use the cactus to represent your bills. Paying your automobiles. Keep paying. No, okay. They're prickly. They suck. And they're, they're there every single week. Not only this, but then this will say represents you. This is the, probably the nicest. This, this, this represents you, this plant right here. Everybody say me. me. And then this represents others and the generations that are after you. And so this is the thing, right? Uh, when, when we think about it, this is usually the way that we deal with. The first thing that we think about and the first stuff that we, the thing that we run towards is what? Bills. Bills. Many of you, you are surviving and you are living to pay bills. You get up and you punch a clock and the first thing you think about, some of you can't even sleep. I wonder if I'm walking down somebody's road. You can't even sleep because all you're thinking about is this cactus. And you're wondering, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And you're running harder and you're trying harder and you're punching the clock and you're robbing from this person to pay to this person. And you're telling, you're lying to the, break collect, the, the bill collector. They call and they're like, hello, can I please speak to Susan? May not speak at the English. <laughs> Y'all don't want to be real with me. And you lying and you ducking and you dodging. And you all to take care of this. Are you still with me? And then after that, usually because the bills, you know, we don't want to be out on the street. So after the bills, then we start taking care of ourselves. We'll take care of ourselves. We'll go out, you know, uh, the man numbers marved. We were hungry, so you dealt with the A&W on the way home. Uh, you know, especially that Beyond Meat burger, I really like it. Uh, and, you know, so we dealt with that. And, you know, and we had our thing, and we wanted some red bottoms, so we dealt with the red bottoms. So then we go to there, and we do blah, 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 blah. And then maybe we might do a little drip in the savings. Come on, somebody. And then what we do is we do a little sprinkle, whatever's left on the kingdom. Y'all want to be real with me today? And then we tip Jesus like a bad waiter. Come on, somebody. And then we wonder why it is that what we have is not stretching and why there's a hole that is in our bucket. Can I tell you this? Everyone can afford to be generous. Everyone can afford. I want, you to, I want to tell you this scripture. And I'm spending a little extra time today because I believe this is going to change the game for some of you. Some of you, you need to leave here and not only do you need to shift your giving, but you need to go meet with a financial planner. And you need to figure out how you can consolidate some of those things and take care of them and get them over with because you're, I believe there's freedom and there's peace of mind in your marriage, in your mind, in your life because of the shifts that you will make. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24, watch this, because everyone can afford to be generous. Chapter, uh, verses 24, Bible says, 
I love this. It says, one gives freely. One gives freely. This is the ESV. Yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give, and he only suffers want. Here it is. Then watch this. The Bible says in verse 25, and don't go there yet on, the, on the, the KJV. I want you to see this. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And one who waters, I want you to write this down, will himself be watered. The one who waters will himself be watered. I love what the King James Version says of that verse. Uh, go, go to verse 25. It says, verse 25 of, that, of, of Proverbs 11, uh, next verse. Next verse, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Some of y'all are like, I rebuke that verse in the name of Jesus. <laughs> the liberal soul shall be made fat. And he, in other words, shall be made wealthy, shall be made whole, shall be made in a place of prosperity, having abundances. And he that waters shall be watered also himself. So generous people who water also are to the place where we get water. Now watch this. Does the Bible teach me that sowing generously to my bills will cause prosperity? Does the Bible, and see some of y'all, you're overpaying your bills, which is fantastic, and still just throwing little sprinkles on Jesus. Does the Bible tell us that sowing into our savings is going to reap prosperity? The Bible makes it clear that when it is that we sow into the kingdom, that this is what, when, when we sow into the kingdom, I'll tell you, man, I'll never forget, whatever, no matter what it is that you have, when you sow it into the kingdom, this opens the door so that you can have prosperity, not only, and you prioritize it. Everybody say priority. priority. That you're positioned to be able to not only pay your bills, but not only take care of yourself, but you have to be able to bless for the generations to come. Are you seeing it this morning? So look, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. This is our perspective as it pertains to generosity. So say this is God, right? This person, you know, you might be this person. You might be the plastic cup. Your situation, you know, these, this is one of my kids' uh, little cups. You might be the plastic cup. You might be looking like my cup is not even stable, and it's crazy, and it looks crazy, and all of this. And you're in this position where this, this is how we see generosity. So I've decided, however, although I have this cup, this is how much I'm going to be generous, right? So look at this cup. The cup is filled to the top. But then now we look at this person whose cup is bigger, right? And look at this. So we'll look now. And we'll say that this person is more generous because there's more in their cup than in this cup. Oh, my. Can I tell you that generosity, watch this, generosity is not based on a number. It's based on your capacity. Who is more generous, the person in this little cup or the person with this big jar that's only half full? they have more capacity and there's more of an opportunity and see sometimes we look at people and like oh they have more or they gave more come on somebody so they must be more generous but there's some of you that you've been being generous with the little that you have you've been taking your little cup and you've been filling it to the top come on somebody and you've been going above and beyond and I'm here to tell you that you and I we got to get to the place where we don't quit in well-doing as Galatians 6 9 says in due season you will reap if you faint not here it is, Luke chapter 21, write this down. Lots of scriptures, I promise you, I'll never preach this long ever again. But I thought this was of importance and I want you to get this. Can I help somebody this morning? Luke chapter 21, verse one through four, I want you to understand, we gotta shift our perspective as it pertains to uh, generosity. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins and he said, truly, I tell you, the poor widow has put more than all of them. For all of them contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put all she had in to live on. She saw the value in seeking the kingdom first. Are you with me this morning? And she was generous with her little cup. Come on, somebody. And consequently, Jesus says her, what she did with her little cup was more than all the rich people who put their money in. Look, you might be looking at someone, they gave $2,000, but they're a millionaire. $2,000 is not generous to a millionaire, but $10 is generous to a tenionaire. Oh man, I want somebody to hear this today. 
I want somebody to hear this today. I want some, you got to get this thing, man. Stop looking at other people and determining your generosity. Your generosity is based upon your capacity, not based upon the number. And there's some rich folk and there's some of y'all in here who have the capacity, but you're not giving generously. You still tip in Jesus like a bad waiter and there's blessing attached to your life and even the forward movement of the kingdom. And God has given you his capacity, not your capacity, so that you can use it for the advancement of the kingdom. And you've been sitting on it. Are you with me? And this is why. This is why, watch this, there's some people with a smaller capacity who are wealthier than those who have a larger one. Because you look at some people with a bigger jar and you don't realize that they're in debt up to their wazoo with the bigger jar that they have. Come on, somebody, because of their lack of generosity. Can I just keep it real today? And so watch this, I'm almost done, I'm almost done. Because here it is, what happens to the generous person? What happens to the generous person? The generous person, what happens is, that there's the beautiful thing is that what happens is when we pour out generously into God's kingdom and prioritize, you know what happens to the generous person? He who sows bountifully, what happens? Reaps bountifully. Are you seeing this? And so what happens is you got a little container, but one day you realize, babe, we moving up from the dollar menu. And so after you give in and then you, you, you not only have to take care of your stuff, but you're able to move on to be able to bless somebody else. And then when you pour out, watch this, God pours out even more. And as you pour out, come on, as you're generous, God meets you the same level of your generosity. And then watch this, after a while, God says, you know what? You've been faithful with your little plastic cup. And so not only this, then I got to increase your capacity. And so, so, so because you were able to handle the little plastic cup, now you're ready to be able to handle a jar that's a little bigger. And there's some of you that God has more for you. God wants to increase your limit, your capacity. But, but you got to be faithful. Oh, somebody ought to receive this right now. You got you to receive this because you got to get to the place. God wants to increase it. But what are you doing with, what, with the capacity that you have right now? There's some of you, you think that the end result is your wealth and this big jar you have when you don't realize that God has given you this, not just so you can have it and hoard it like Mr. Scrooge and pour it all into savings and do nothing with it. But he wants you to even go higher and bigger. And you know what happens to this person that's not generous? Watch. They give out their little sprinklings and do what they do. And guess what happens? God gives them a little. And so they're not even maximizing what they have. Why? Because he who sows bountifully reaps bountifully. And we're living in a place where we're not just, you, some of you, you're in a wealthy place and you're givers and you're not even giving what you're supposed, man, I hope that this is helping somebody today. I'll never forget, man, it, would, it all turned around for my wife and I, it all turned around for my wife and I when one day, you can come and you guys can take this, when, well, I'll never forget we were there and we were in in Michigan and we were in a place where you know I had uh, we had lost our jobs we left we left the organization that we were part of and all of our finances were attached to it my wife was working in the schooling system I was in the organization as a pastor and we were in a position where we were like how in the world are we gonna make it and we had one day we came down I'm looking at my wife I can't believe it now we came down to five dollars and 23 cents and maybe some of you may have heard this story but this was the turning point. And we looked at each other, we were coming on the way, and we said, you know what, this is exactly what we said. We said, we're gonna save this 23 cents, because back then you could buy some spearmint gum. We're like, we're gonna use this 23 cents to buy some gum, a lie? Exactly what happened. And I said, we're gonna take this $5, and we're gonna sow this last $5 that we have into the kingdom, because if it can't meet my need, I'm gonna use it as a seed. And at that point, can I, just, can, I just, can I just declare this to y'all today? I want you to get this. We are right there because somebody, somebody who's literally sitting at the end of your rope and I believe that God literally, your seed literally has the power to break the cycle. Stop putting other things first and Jesus last. Fight for your finances. And in that moment, we took that $5, we put it in the offering at the church that we were at. And there was an event where they were having a, 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 a get together, you know, the next day. And I went, I was, and I got a mall job, and I was selling suits. 
And, you know, I was in there and, I, and I'm like, what's happening? Come to find out my wife, she went back to the event without me the next day. And unbeknownst to us, at that day, somebody called my wife over. We had given $5 and said, I felt compelled to give you this. And, in her, and at that moment, they put in her hand, they put in her hand a check for $500. She never had a conversation with them. She showed up to my work freaking out. This is the first time something like this happened. She sold up to my work. She's freaking out. I thought she's about to tell me somebody died or she's pregnant or something. I was like, this is insane. I don't know what's going to happen. And I, she, I literally fell over because I couldn't believe in that moment. It was so exciting to see how God came through literally overnight. Come on, somebody. And we don't give to Jesus because he's a genie in a bottle. But I'm here to tell you, those of you who are up against a financial wall, I dare you to trust him. I dare you to try prioritizing the kingdom. I dare you to start giving to Jesus and watch him change the trajectory of your entire financial landscape and for the generations after you. If you believe in it, if you were blessed by this, go ahead and give the Lord some praise in this place. <laughs> oh man, I, I just feel it in this moment. Our children are getting ready to get free. Somebody ought to worship in this moment. Come on. I believe that the generations are getting ready to change because of...